and welcome to Rhythm Church. If you're in any need of prayer, our team is available to you at any time. If you'd like to get connected and know more, click on the links below. We hope you enjoy today's message. I'm going to start by sharing a scripture. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Mm. Have you radiated with hope lately? Just a question. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. May I share what I need to share. May I encourage what you have on your heart to share and may I bring hope to whoever needs it today in Jesus name I was recommended that I have a a chair with me and um, that I give a stipulation this morning um, by my my, um, counsellor because I have a condition that may stop me from talking. I may need to sit down. Um, Most who have done my journey, when we planted the church, I developed a condition. So I may have to sit down and please just bear with me. You'll get to hear that story along the journey. A few years ago, before we planted the church, a beautiful lady and I were having a coffee. (laughs) And she said to me, oh, it must have been wonderful growing up in a Christian family. I looked at her strangely and said, oh, honey, my, my, my childhood was far from Christian. It was full of abuse, full of neglect, full of trauma. So I did not have a Christian family. But I love like I've never been hurt. And I have mercy for every human being. And really the only one that kept me alive in my childhood was the one that I that I met when I was 13. And he was the fountain of hope. He was the fountain of hope that stayed with me along the journey. I read that scripture because I wanted you to know today that the fountain of hope is with you along everyone's journey. He's always with you. I was born into a European family and many, and many of you um, who have been in the, in, the, in the church may have heard my story. I've only shared it once in the, in the church um, setting. Um, I was born in a, a European family. They were um, refugees from Yugoslavia and they were, um, that came with it, all sorts of trauma and alcoholism, violence, abuse. And so I was one of four and I was the last 
and I was not wanted in my family. My father completely rejected me and so my father um, did not want me in the house and so I needed, my mum needed to separate from him very quickly. That came with it, all sorts of situations and toxic situations that I can't go into right now because there's beautiful children um, in the room. And so I navigated that by being strong and disassociating. I navigated by protecting. I became my mother's protector with the abuse and I navigated by understanding that if I was strong, the pain wouldn't be so bad. But that had its consequences. My DNA changed and it, it embedded in me situations that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. As a, as a child, my sister also was traumatised and so she in turn abused me. So the abuser, the abused became the abuser. And so she would take me to a church. Um, she thought she, she was doing the right thing, but it was a crazy church, <laughs> crazy Pentecostal church that... <laughs> Wow. Um, the shepherd of something. Uh, and, um, <laughs> and so they, they walked skirts like down to their, like me. Um, but, but you couldn't speak out of line. You couldn't run around. You couldn't do anything out of line. And my sister was crazy and she... She, I would cop it if I even said one word out of line. There was a lot of abuse there. And so I grew up with that. And so I, I blame God for her craziness. I blame God for my dad's rejection. I blame God for all the abuse. And so consequently, as a teenager, I was angry angry at God. And so when I was 13, my friend, her name was Shaz, she was all, all bubbly, and she goes, come to house church. Jesus loves you. It's really cool. We play games. And I'm like, yeah, nah. <laughs> not doing that. that. No, thank you. And she just would not stop. Months would go by. She would every week come to church, Kath. Jesus loves you. You need to come. You need to come. I found out that the fountain of hope was after me. My fountain of hope, the Holy Spirit was after me. Mm. And he loved me. Mm. He wanted me. And he wouldn't stop until he got me. And so at 13, 
I said, finally said, okay, <laughs> just to stop her nagging. <laughs> Seriously. Because <laughs> it was just consistent. And so, so I went that night, February 1988, Gilmore in Canberra, back room, <laughs> I know exactly where I was sitting, I met my best friend and he didn't abandon me, he didn't reject me, he was so full of love for me. He didn't expect anything from me, but he showered his love into my heart and he changed me forever. Changed me forever. I found out that the fountain of hope, Jesus, came. He had been with me with, in the beatings. He had been with me mm. when I was kept up all, all night in the nights. He had been with me. The fountain of hope had been with me when I was tortured by my brother. He had been with me in all of that. And he had kept me going. He didn't leave me alone, just like he doesn't leave any of us. And he loves us through it all. That's good, I was doing it 
And that was because <laughs> I had found a hope that did not disappoint. But I became, instead of a human being that loved Jesus, I became a human doing. And I thought that I had escaped because I didn't turn to alcohol and drugs like my family did and abuse like my family did because I, you know, they, they did the abuse and the, uh, and the alcohol and the, and the drugs. I went to loving and the doing and, the, and it got to the point where I got consumed with having to do everything in the ministry. I went to Bible college and I did everything. I was an usher, I was a leader, I was a, I did everything to the point where I burnt out so bad. Mm. And the weeds in my heart mm. Come on. started growing up and started choking me. And so Jesus dealt with those, but who knows that there's still seeds if you don't deal with the roots. So fast forward 10 years later, I'm still doing, I'm still trying to perform, I'm still dealing with rejection, I'm still dealing with insecurity, I'm still dealing with having to do, I'm still dealing with all this because I hadn't dealt with the root cause. You have to deal with the root. Hope doesn't disappoint. Uh, Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews 6. So it is impossible for God to lie. For we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort. For he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. Mm, that's good. What is it? Unshakable hope. Mm. We have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself, our anchor of hope. Is, is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. Jesus is our high priest and he is the anchor of our soul forevermore. Now, Jesus became the anchor of my soul back when I was 13. But did I let him heal me, heal my soul? Not totally, but we journey and make a journey. My, my family and the, the trauma of my childhood blew up so much in my life, I put a, a carpet in my heart. And every time Jesus wanted to uncover things, I would 
take some, some things out and think, oh, I'm healed now. Sweet. <laughs> I'm healed. But then we would he would come over and say, okay, you're ready to uncover some more. And I would go, oh, really? More? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then there would be some more. And, he, and I would go, sweet. But he, he says here, and now we have run into his heart. Running into his heart for comfort and strength is where we get our comfort and strength. Learning to run into his heart is how we get it going. And so fast forward 10 years, this is 20 years into my, my Christian walk now. I start learning about heart work and I think, okay, wow, Jesus, you want, you want to deal with the real issues now. And so, am I okay time-wise? I'm thinking time. Oh, <laughs> Murray, Murray gave me a... No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you're, the, you're the string, remember? <laughs> Murray's been dealing with red letters lately. And it made me think about all the red letters that I read over my time. And the greatest red letter that Jesus took me to was the parable of the seed. Yeah. And he has shared about the parable of the seed. You know, the one about the, the sower sows the seed. And he sows the seed on dry ground. It's like concrete. And so sows the seed on rocky ground. Then he sows the seed in weeds. And then he sows the seed on good ground. And, and it's much like that. Our heart. Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand anything in the kingdom. Our heart has to be good ground for us to understand. So he needed for us to, he needs for us to deal with our heart. And so he will deal with your heart over your life. But running into his heart is how he does it. It's a safe place. It's a safe room. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. He's a safe place. And so when we run into his heart, when we run into his heart and hide in his heart, there is safety to deal with anything. I learned, let me go back. It's so interesting. So very interesting that 
we we want to change things about our lives but he's always interested in taking us forward in a good way and he always knows how to do that the best so in 2013 i started the journey dealing with my heart unknowing that when we plant we're going to plant the church i was going to have the biggest situation going on and so I started dealing with these weeds and rocks in my heart. Most of them were from the trauma and pain from my childhood, but it was too late. I needed, I, had, I hadn't dealt with them soon enough. My DNA had already changed from when I was a child. And so when I went into an operation, I had an allergic reaction and an injury and I was dealing with grief from my family passing away. My body shut down completely. I woke up from that operation. I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't speak. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything, but I could hear for a few hours. That was could hear the doctors and the nurses beeping around me, trying to wake me up. I was locked in. And so I went to the safest place I knew, and that was to my secret place. And I went to Jesus face to face, and I said, Jesus, what's going on? And Jesus, in his kindest way, he's so compassionate, he said, Kathy, it's going to be okay. Just relax. You're going to be okay. And so I said, okay, I'll just relax. And the fact that I relaxed meant that I could open my eyes very shortly. And I discovered that I ended up with a condition called FND, Functional Neurological Disorder, which is a, a disorder to do with and your nervous system, and it, it is caused um, by all those things. Trauma caused by um, injury, caused by um, uh, anesthetic, uh, you know, al uh, allergies. Some people can actually wake up with it just because they wake up with it. Um, but I woke up with it because I had had so much trauma in my childhood, uh, injury, allergy, grief, and the perfect storm happened. And it just so happened that it was only three weeks after we planted this church. And so we had to navigate. God's so faithful though, because in the process, I managed to receive his faithfulness and walk the journey of faith with him. Because my faith in him and my hope in him is unlimited. It is bold faith. It is unlimited hope. And my love 
for people is very real. So when we say those things, it is as it is said, unlimited hope is the truth. We, we walk that walk, truth. Sometimes my body decides to do its own thing, but I keep pushing forward because I will not give up. And sometimes the word and the spirit work always. They always work. So that promise of Kathy, it's gonna be okay, has held me. When my body decides to wake up paralyzed, I tell it no from strength to strength. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Yeah, it's good. And I tell it, get up and do what you're, to you're supposed to do. So that is how I operate my faith. And faith without works is dead. And faith without love is nothing. And hope works with faith. It's a three-legged table. Nothing works without love. They all operate together. It all does, goes together. So, just the fact that I'm standing here today. Mm. Come on. And ministering. Is a miracle. Come on. <laughs> That's good. Is actually a miracle. Yeah, come on. I, I prepared my message and I, I said to the Lord this morning, I'm not sure how this is going to go. And he said, just trust me. Mm. And I went, okay. And I knew that I wasn't going to have to sit down. Mm. But I had to have the chair there just in case because... I was told to have the chair there, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> and I'm always obedient. <laughs> no, Mari, my son goes always. Lying <laughs> spirit come out. <laughs> I wanted to say, as I, as I finish up today, hope, the fountain of hope. Can you bring up that, that first, first scripture? Which version? The, um, ten. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing. If my message and my testimony has any impact on your life today, I want that to ring in your, in your ears. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace. Because that, my friends, is what he does. He fills you with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And since the, the day I asked him to be my best friend at 13 to the, 
to this very moment. I have trusted in him. Uh, there has not been one moment that I have said, I don't trust you, God. I have trusted him. The day that I woke up paralyzed, I said, God, what's going on? All I needed from him was a reassurance. It's going to be okay. It's all I needed. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. My psychologist was absolutely flawed. Like, how could you, were you not stressed? Like, were you not anxious? Like, you woke up paralyzed. You couldn't even open your eyes. What the heck? I'm like, no. If he said, I'm going to be okay, that was enough for me. So good. And he is my fountain of hope. I want you to understand that he can be that for you too. Yeah, come on. Any circumstance in your life, any situation, there is not a situation that you can you are going through. There is no circumstance that you walk through that he can't give you hope in. There is no situation no valley too deep. My friend, there is no valley too deep that he can't give you hope for. There is no, there is no trauma or grief that he can't bring you comfort in because he is the lover of our soul. Yeah, it's good, Kath. He is the restorer. He is that if you let him and if you spend any time in his presence in his in his glory if you spend any time with your maker you will find that peace he is so good and so loving he never ever will reject you. He will never ever push you away. He will never make you feel insecure. He will never throw you away like trash. He will never do that. Because he is the lover of your soul. He's the one who brings the radiance to your face. Uh -huh. And he wants to bring hope back into your life. Yeah. And if you have been hurt by people, that's not God doing that. God wants to restore wants to heal. Heal the brokenhearted. People fail you. Uh -huh. People will hurt you. But God wants to restore you and heal you uh -huh. and give you joy again. Overflowing. Overflowing. 
just feel his presence right now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I do sense that there may be people here that have lost their hope that need to be restored may need wisdom around circumstances thank you James says if you lack wisdom ask that your joy may be full watching if you'd like to know more click on these links below be safe be blessed and we'll see you next week